This week on the Road to Cinema podcast, screenwriter Joshua Conkle on collaborating with Danny DeVito on the short film Curmudgeons, which premiered at the 2016 Tribeca Film Festival. His journey from playwright to screenwriter and his work on the new Netflix original series Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. Follow us on Twitter at Jog Road, Instagram at Jog Road Productions, like our Facebook page jog road productions subscribe to the jog road productions youtube channel to watch episodes of the road to cinema youtube series featuring don Cheadle, greta gerwig and actor saul rubinek sharing his thoughts on working with clint eastwood on the 1992 best picture oscar winner unforgiven don't forget to check out the road to cinema blog on jogroadproductions.com and check out our past road to cinema podcast interviews which are also available on iTunes and Stitcher. And now we join playwright and screenwriter Joshua Conkle on how he developed curmudgeons from a one-act play into a short film featuring Danny DeVito, who not only starred in the short, but also directed it. You started off working in theater, and you know, also curmudgeons was you know, a play itself. So I was curious what originally attracted you to writing for the theater. Well, like a lot of people who are playwrights, I started as an actor. Um, so I grew up doing community theater and then, um, you know, went to art school to major in drama. And it was really there where I realized that I'd rather write than act. I mean, for one thing, I was an, uh, I had a good sense of com- comedic timing, so I was good at, like, you know, Oscar Wilde and Moliere and stuff like that. But I'm a little bit effeminate, uh, you know, I have that posture. I was never going to be, like... Uh, <laughs> never going to be like a Hollywood heartthrob. And, um, but I knew that I was funny. And so I started writing parts for myself. Um, and that's how I kind of got started in writing. To be honest, um, if I, if I'd known from the beginning that I wanted to be a writer, I probably would have gone to film school instead of drama school. Uh, what do you but, think? Uh, you know, all, 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 all roads lead to the right place eventually. <laughs> Uh, why do you think that um, you would have wanted to study film? Is that because you know you were always passionate about film, but you never really sort of saw it as an option? Or yeah, I mean, I always um, loved movies in particular. I was I was I, you know a child of the '90s, so I was really into the independent film of the '90s and, and old cult films. I remember um, I discovered John Waters in a book about cult films, and at the time, you know, Pink Flamingos and Female Trouble and all those great old John Waters movies were out of print, and so I rented a copy of each from um, a video store in Philadelphia, and it cost like $200 to have those VHSs mailed to me in Washington State, and like, um, you know, I just, I I was always really, really into indie movies and art films and and cult movies and things like that, and um, all of my plays were heavily influenced by films mostly too so it's um it's always been a big touchstone for me do you think that there's a benefit for a screenwriter to be an actor on stage or even to write plays to have that experience i do and you know people are talking a lot about the golden age of television and i think that we are really um experiencing that and a lot of that has to do with the fact that so many playwrights are writing for television now to be honest and the difference between learning to write for theater and learning to write for film is character and, and uh, depth. Um, so, 
you know, people who learn to write for film, not that they're not great writers, they are, it's just, it's a different, um, it's a different tack on a similar art. So television, um, you know, has benefited from people who have trained to think about character first. Uh, and uh, I know for Curmudgeons, that was originally, I believe it was, was it a one-act play? Yeah, it was a 10-minute or 15-minute long play as part of a night of uh, short plays at Ensemble Studio Theater, which is a little off-Broadway theater that I belong to in New York. Uh, and I know, was David Margulis in the play as well? Yeah, he was. And um, that's why Danny originally came up, because they've been friends since the 60s. Um, so uh, Danny and his daughter Lucy, who's a friend of mine, came and saw the play to see David, and, and they, turns out, kept it in mind for a couple of years, and one day just approached me to make the short, and um, it all kind of snowballed from there. So when you were working on the play originally, what was sort of your original conception or sort of your original idea going into it? Well, it was actually really personal. I mean, um, uh, I'm a gay man, and at the time, uh, we had um, DOMA in place, um, which was the Defense of Marriage Act, and I had fallen in love with someone who was from New Zealand and had been doing long distance. And as that play was going up off-Broadway, I was about to move to New Zealand um, to be with my partner. Um, as soon as I got to New Zealand, they basically overturned DOMA, and we could start working on coming home. So that was a lucky um a, you know, a lucky stroke for me. But the truth is, I left for New Zealand not knowing if I would ever be able to come home again. Um, and so I was thinking about those issues a lot because I was living them. And um, I'd also read an article um, about uh, seniors who were in gay relationships and how, um, in a lot of cases, people who had been in romantic relationships for decades and decades and decades, once they became elderly and, God forbid, something happened, their families would separate them because, you know, if without marriage you really have no legal rights to one another. So I've been thinking about those things a lot and, and also living them. Uh, seeing it, uh, you know, going through rehearsals with the play and, you know, seeing it come to life through the actors, what was sort of the development process of it for you to, you know, take something that is personal and uh, translate it into a stage setting? To be honest, I was, it was a, a normal process for me um, because I, I'm quite used to um, writing things that are personal to me. Even if I'm writing um, a silly comedy or something that's genre, I still find a way to insert my own personal experience into it. So uh, it was a pretty standard rehearsal process, uh, although quick. When you're working off Broadway, things happen really fast because of the lack of money. So I think we probably had two weeks of rehearsal before we went into production. And uh, oh, and when uh, Danny DeVito, you know, approached you to adapt this into a short film, uh, was it sort of the conception to keep it within the reins of the play, or, or did he have ideas as far as opening it up or uh, experimenting with what you had written at all? Um, he, I actually did more than he did. I, uh, you know, I think part of the reason that it was attractive to do as a short film is because it was pretty self-contained and the story is small. So it's easy to do on a limited budget in, in a single space over a couple of days. I had the impulse to open it up more, and, and, and if anything, Danny would say, you know, the play is good as it is. I mean, originally, I think that they would have just done, uh, they would have just filmed the play as the script existed. I'm, I'm the one who, like, insisted on um, adapting it into a screenplay. So um, Danny was 
really, really in love with the material, which was really great for me. He did, as an actor, um, change lines a lot. So Dan Margulies suggest changes based on their impulses in the moment. So uh, I would be on set or in the room with them um, in the rehearsal process um, just so I could make quick changes to the script based on you know what they were feeling or what their thoughts were. Yeah, how would um, you describe Danny as a collaborator? Because you know he he directed the film and he was also in the midst of it acting. He's amazing. I mean, Danny is um, one of the most kind and um, genuine people that I've ever met. I mean, I I'd never met um, somebody who is a, as big a star as Danny before, and so I, I really had no um, perspective on what that would be like. And he's just the most incredible person. If you walk someplace in Manhattan with him, it takes like 45 minutes, even if it's just a block, because he will literally stop for any single person who wants to talk to him or get an autograph. So he's like that on set, too. He's incredibly warm and generous and funny and patient. And, um, you know, you, you really couldn't ask for a better mentor and collaborator. How important was it that, uh, you know, Danny and David had that long-term friendship? Because I know uh, David passed away uh, right. not too long after the film premiered. Was that, uh, you know, did you see that as really vital to, you know, their chemistry on screen, that they had that friendship developed? I, I do, and I think, that, I think that it shows in the movie. Um, they have a, a love for one another that while it wasn't romantic love, it was really deep and true and and aged and um i think that that shows up on screen that there were two people who really cared very very deeply for one another um so it's sort of like you know catching lightning in a bottle a bit because um, i don't know if it was a different actor in the play and i don't know that that chemistry was quite the same as it is in the movie i think it came across as funnier on stage because it's sort of these two grumpy old men but and it's funny in the film as well but i think that you can really see that that those two men in the film love each other a great deal yeah i think you can tell by watching that they have that connection already established it's not something that's forced at all yeah Uh, how would you describe the collaboration process between theater and film because um you know a lot of people say you know the the theater is the writer's medium and the and film is the director's medium Have, have you experienced that or is it pretty much yeah I have and I, you know, I've experienced I'm working in television now too um, I'm working on a series of unfortunate events on Netflix and I see that there I mean in theater I always think that the thing about playwrights in theater is that I think a lot of times people are too deferential to writers in the theater um, especially on new plays when you know when you're the writer of a new play and you go into rehearsal you really need those actors and that director to to chime up and, and say when they don't think that things are working because none of us are Shakespeare and we all need, you know, it's a collaborative art form. No script um, exists as a perfect object, especially when it's brand new. And so I actually am a writer who is really appreciative of the collaborative nature of film and, and television work. Um, I find it really refreshing because in theater, a lot of plays make it to production that are, frankly, bad. And I've had a lot of bad plays in production because no one stopped and told me that they were bad at any step along the road. <laughs> so um, I think it's, it's pretty refreshing, actually. 
Yeah, no, it's interesting because in movies, there's, you know, such a process of, you know, everybody gives notes, the producers give notes, the director gives notes, the actor give note, gives notes. But it's interesting how in theater, there is such a, as you said, you know, people are just so deferential to the writer that they're almost uh, scared to speak up in a way. Yeah, they absolutely are scared. I mean, the other side has its downfalls as well. I think that there are plenty of movies that we could all name that have been sort of ruined by studio input or, or things like that. So I guess the grass is always greener on the other side, but for now I'm sort of enjoying the honesty. <laughs> I think it makes the writing better. Uh, what was it like to experience uh, Curmudgeons with an audience? Because I know it premiered at uh, Tribeca. Uh, it was great. I mean, I was um, I was sitting next to Danny and Rhea Perlman, and actually my husband was next to Rhea Perlman, and at one point Rhea turned to my husband Gus and was like, isn't this crazy? Our husbands made this movie together. And that was like, <laughs> so preposterous and amazing. Um, so I was really pleased that people responded to it so well. There was a lot of laughter. I could tell that people were very moved. I still get emails about it all the time. And, and I've seen it at a couple of festivals since Tribeca, and it's, it's always been such a great experience. So it was amazing for me. And, I, you know, I was working a day job still at that point in, in advertising completely unrelated to film. So to, like, walk a red carpet or to do press with Danny DeVito and these sorts of things were just, like, amazing to me. Wow. So this was really sort of your entree into working as a screenwriter and working in television. Yeah, and, and a couple of months after Tribeca, I got hired to write on the Netflix show, and, and I got to quit my day job, and I'm a full-time writer now. And it's all thanks to this little movie. Wow. So did, um, I mean, were you thinking about working in screenwriting for many years? I mean, you said you were always very passionate about film, but um, were you mainly focused on, on theater for, during that time? Yeah, during most of those years I was, um, just because that's where I knew everybody and, and uh, had all the connections. And of course, I live in New York. So um, there's always something in the back of my head that's like, you should be working in film and television. But um, I think I was just scared because I was so comfortable in the place that I was in my life in New York, working in theater. Yeah. Uh, sort of venturing into, you know, working as a professional screenwriter after the film, uh, you know, what is your take on sort of, you know, pitching either, you know, your own personal scripts on spec or even just, you know, pitching going into a writer's room, like on a series of, of unfortunate events? Is that something that you have to develop? Is it sort of a, a skill that, you know, slowly, uh, you know, you become more refined in? Yeah, I'm getting better at it. I, I, um, the pitching thing is a bit weird because I've done a couple of trips to Los Angeles now where you're in, you know, your manager set you up with like five meetings a day for a week and you just go into these rooms with these people who, um, you know, tell you what they're working on and you tell them what, what you want to do. And it's, it's such a weird experience because everybody in L.A., especially for me as a New Yorker, um, seems so... Uh, sort of sycophantic and that you you know you walk into this room and these people are like oh my god we're really big fans of yours <laughs> well why i'm nobody you shouldn't even know who i am and of course they don't really know who you, who you are it's just uh it's just such a different culture so that's taken some getting used to and then as far as working in a writer's room um we have a really strange experience on our show because we write from lemony snicket aka daniel handler's house in san francisco so, and there's only three of us, so the 
three of us sit at his table in his dining room in his beautiful Victorian house in San Francisco, and he makes us French onion soup and uh, Manhattans. And um, so it's like completely different than any sort of television writing experience that people in Los Angeles have had. <laughs> so I feel really lucky, but at the same time, I feel like um, the next experience will be rather different. Did you, uh, for I mean, for a number of years, were you thinking about even maybe personal screenplays that you wanted to write on spec for yourself, or was that something in the back of your mind? Yeah, it's always been in the back of my mind, and I have just finished a spec script that I'm going to try to do something with. Um, I'm a big fan of genre, actually, which you'd never know from curmudgeons, but um, I've just written a horror spec that I'm hoping to sell to somebody somewhere. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about writing and possibly directing films. Awesome. Um, I was also curious, too, um, did you ever find it helpful to read other screenplays to sort of understand the format better? Uh, was that ever something? Yeah. yeah, Yeah. that's always been a big thing for me. I remember in high school buying the screenplay for um, Pulp Fiction because it was such an unusual film, and I wanted to try to get into his process a little bit. And then for this spec that I've just written, the horror spec, there are a lot of scenes where um, people are being followed by someone or something, and I wanted to know how to write that because you know all the screenplay writing books tell you you don't say like POV shot. Um, so I read the original script for Halloween um, by John Carpenter and uh, you know other screenplays where where that was the case to see if I could pick up some tips. Is there ever a sense where, um, you know, when you're writing a screenplay that you're almost sort of turning off your um, your sort of theater writing uh, thing in the back of your mind? I mean, do you ever sort of say, like, I'm writing a screenplay, I'm going to write this way, I'm writing a play, I'm going to write that way? A little bit. And I've also written a graphic novel, and that's a different thing. You know, like, so I, I feel to some extent that all of these art forms are the same, but from a different angle. But to be honest, when it comes to film versus theater, I always wrote plays like a filmmaker anyway, uh, because they were highly aesthetic and um, stylized for the most part. So um, it's been a pretty easy transition for me. 